You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for many it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about our show or to contact us directly, visit our website at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And welcome back, listener, to episode 160 of this show. We are moving, finally, into Genesis 31. We're Much like Jacob, we are moving now, moving on. We're fleeing, even. Thank you for bearing with us now that we are more than 60% done with the first book of the Bible. Are we that far? That's yeah, good. 30 out of 50 chapters, so 31, yeah. we're out of, yeah. That, that's awesome. We, we're moving, we're, we're practically sliding downhill full speed at this point. <laughs> well, it'll take us 40 years wandering in Genesis yes, to, get right. to, Exodus, to get to Exodus. But we were actually just talking right before we hit record and went online here. We were saying like, when we finally get to Exodus, we ought to like have like some kind of party or something. I feel like that will be such a momentous occasion when we finally move out of Genesis. I don't know when that will be, but... Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, and you know, we we hear Genesis and we think one book out of sixty six books in the Bible, but Genesis is more than like five percent of the Bible in terms of oh volume of the Bible. So, like, Mm. yeah, a huge chunk of the Bible. Now we're done with Genesis. We're you know we're we're one twentieth of the way there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) practically halfway. I can't wait till we get to like you know like Jude and we have a one episode one book of the Bible. (laughs) I'm not sure we get done with Jude in one episode. I don't <laughs> oh, even no. think we get through eight verses in one episode. Uh, well, maybe Philemon. No. Philemon is a, is a is a one episoder. Maybe I can see Obadiah one episode. Yeah, we say that. I could see Isaiah one episode. Gandalf, I, I Gandalf, have... smash cut to this when we actually get there. Pull this back up and play this when <laughs> over top of us deciding to linger in fully in Philemon. I, uh, you mentioned Obadiah, and this has never happened in our friendship, uh, that I get heart hurt when I hear Obadiah because when I was taking Hebrew at Mississippi College, my professor deducted points from my translation from Obadiah 19 for following the very rules that he had given us for translation in class. In this day. That's okay, Dad. I'm over it. I was going to say, <laughs> didn't you have your dad? <laughs> That's okay, Dad. I'm not petty. All right, well. We're moving into Genesis 31. Um, you know what? How far are we Verbless going? clauses are emphatic if you ever hear this, Dad. <laughs> wow. That's, that is 90% joking. Um, so how far are we reading into 31 today? You well, do? we don't need to get real far. Um, why don't we... Um, <laughs> Heaven forbid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Back on brand. Right, right, right. Well... Um, so why don't we just read the first three verses? Okay. And here I was honest to God thinking we were going to do 16. No, Uh, that's okay. Verse three. There's a plan. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No. Um, or we could read all 16 and just focus on the first three. Yeah. I would feel, I I think we need to get at least that context. Yeah. All right. Good. Y'all want me to read? I think it's probably been a while. Please. All right. This is coming from the English standard version. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has gained all his wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. 
Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. If he said, the spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock bore spotted. And if he said, the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. In the breeding season of the flock, I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream that the goats that mated with the flock were striped, spotted, and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see. All the goats that mate with the flock are striped, spotted, and mottled. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise and go out from this land and return to the land of your kindred. Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us and indeed devoured our money. All the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do. It's always a beautiful thing when Rachel and Leah agree. I know, right? So, <laughs> or if Rachel and Leah agree, how obvious is this decision? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. They're not looking for things to agree about. That's right. Well, the reason I said the first three verses is because there's a couple of things that are right here out of the gate that we do not need to miss. One of the things that we point out over and over again is the vocabulary, which is used um, throughout the Bible. And early on, many, many moons ago, the whole idea of Chekhov's gun, the whole idea of something being seen earlier and it's going to occur later. Um, At this point, it's like an extended clip rifle. That, just, that's right. High, capa- high capacity magazine. Yeah, high capacity <laughs> magazine. That's right. So every time you see it, it's, hey, pay attention, pay attention. Uh, to what word am I referring, Nathan? Good old lacac. Yeah. And uh, Gandalf, do you remember what that means? It's took. Yeah. Take. And so who who says Learning it? Hebrew in real time. Yeah, that's right. On ye old better than fiction Bible <laughs> podcast. That's right. So look at verse number one. I say. What, who's doing the taking? Well, allegedly, Jacob is. Mm, and who's accusing him? Laban's sons. How interesting that is. Yes. <laughs> but, but by the way, my mind immediately goes back to Jacob arriving in Padanaram, going to the well, looking for a wife, gets connected with his uncle Laban and says, well, here's the story that brought me here. That's right. Um, and part of that story is doing what? Taking his brother's inheritance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, since Laban come in here. Turns out that was a classic overshare. Uh, (laughs) I I can just see Laban's eyebrow like raising higher and higher as like the story goes on. Uh, Yeah. But remember what Laban said? Like after Jehu gets done and it says Jacob told him everything. Laban, remember he says, surely you are my relative. Like, of course, like that that was just makes sense. (laughs) That was truer than he knew. (laughs) <laughs> how about a hug uh, yeah I'm, uh, right. my wife uh, laid her foot down last week my, my reading trends heavily nonfiction, and she laid her foot down and told me I needed to lighten up and read more fiction last year so I've been doing that and one of the characters I'm uh, doing there's a, a guy who's a contested uh, successor or king and he finds himself oversharing with someone whose motives are not pure and uh, just has this private conversation in, him, in his head where he chides himself uh, for just his lack of tact and the way that it could be used against him for oversharing. And Jacob is feeling the pain uh, because mm. uh, that's that's where he's at. And they're using, as as so often happens, this, this accusation against Jacob is not entirely credible, but it's put in the context of a of a past that gives credibility to, to it, right? right. Um, so a couple of things that I want to emphasize... Uh, last episode, we talked about the comparison that between this and the Exodus story, that in some ways this is like a, a typologically a little mini Exodus. Um, one of the things that um, Egypt benefits from is Israel being there. I mean, gosh, literally Joseph saved Egypt and then the world through Egypt. And then not only that, the growth of Israel uh, during uh, the life of Joseph and then even after his death allowed building a couple of cities. Yeah, it allowed the prosperity of Egypt. And it was not until um, Egypt took advantage, it was not until Egypt took advantage of the Israelites did the story began to change. Remember in the last chapter, it led off by Laban realizing through divination, Hey, I've been blessed because of you, mm. but it's one thing to be blessed by Jacob. It's another thing to use Jacob to get a blessing. Mm, that's true. Yeah. And that's a good point. This is so when the oppression begins in Egypt, Egypt being blessed by, by Israel's blessing stops. And so what I see here is, okay, Laban and his sons sought to, okay, well, this guy's being blessed. And because of that, we're being blessed. How can we exploit this to get even more? And the moment that started, the moment they were shut off from receiving the blessing. Yeah, and, and hand in hand with that, Um, uh, again, I don't want to do one-to-one correspondence on everything, but just as Pharaoh's heart increasingly hardens toward Mm -hmm. Israel, like, yeah, yeah, like, uh, Jacob's loss of favor with Laban and, um, uh, you know, you, you mentioned verse three, like strong Exodus language of return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred. And I, there are those famous words, I will be with you. This is language to, uh, Moses, this is language to Joshua, right? The the language, the promise of God's presence in that. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think to your point, yeah, it, it changes when you uh, go from being blessed to seeking to exploit the blessing. That's a healthy way to frame it. Hmm. Um, uh, the irony, 
uh, interestingly, and we talked about this we recorded. Uh, I know you wanted to stay in three, but I'm, I'm pushing silently in the background for 16. Oh, sure. Um, but um, this begins with Jacob ripping off his own brother, right? Mm-hmm. When favor changes, the accusation is Jacob is ripping off our father, uh, and by extension of ripping off our father, ripping off us, us, uh, Laban's sons. But what's the irony of the passage? Who ends up ripping off Laban's sons? Rachel and Leah. Laban's daughters. Mm-hmm. Like, man. It's, it's just Uno reverse cards all the way uh, down. It's Uno. They just stack <laughs> on top re- of each other. Uh, I have a friend in music ministry and he's like the most straight laced guy uh, you've ever met in your life. But if you play a board game or a card game with him, he's going to cheat. And I mean, he, I would just, one time we were playing, remember Uno stat came out Yeah. and he just had this amalgam of Uno cards. And at first, like everyone gave him the benefit of the doubt uh, that this is just reverses and skips on top of each other. But then he had a whole bunch of other stuff thrown it. And that's Laban's family. Uh, um, Jeff, if you're listening, we remember. Uh, go. <laughs> Make sure to like, subscribe. That came up on my Facebook memories the other day, and I was like, no, I don't want to throw shade on his current lot in life. But we remember. Um, so, um, yeah, the other thing that I think needs to be said about this, we talk about the Exodus thing. Um, you also, again, our tendency is to read passages in isolation. Most passages, and we keep coming back to this, are connected forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. The, the, the meaning of an individual pericope or section of Scripture is expanded upon by seeing what's around it. And this is one of those, if you just read 30 and you know hear about Laban trying to cheat and then Jacob doubling down and trying to out Laban Laban, um, you still miss what's going on with the flock. Once you have 31 on top of 30, who ultimately controls Jacob's increase when he's in Laban's camp. God does. God does. God does. And and look how that's framed. Um, this 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 had some interesting stuff in the history of interpretation. How did God come to Jacob? Bethel dream vision. Yeah, yeah dream dream vision. Again, that's pointing us toward Egypt, Joseph, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, look at the look at how Jacob describes. Jacob doesn't say I've taken away. Thus, God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. Um, it's interesting in the history of interpretation, they would, um, you had different responses. To this. Some of some of the history of interpretation actually envisioned God sending angels over to where Laban's sons were camping three days away and taking all the sheep that rightfully belonged to Jacob and just, you know, like, uh, I don't know if they like, teleported them in the middle of the night, according to this understanding, or if there's just, you know, there's someone who thinks he's seeing UFOs and they're flying sheep (laughs) uh, and goats uh, going to their rightful destination. Others uh, had angels uh, determining uh, interpretations, had angels determining the results of the breeding to produce precisely uh, stronger specimens in the agreed upon parameters, the speckled, the spotted and the black um, that Jacob and Laban had agreed upon. But one thing is clear going back to the discussion in 30, they don't put stock in whatever he was doing with the, with the trees and the sticks as what's determining the result. They said the interpretive understanding for early interpreters was this is a process uh, providentially overseen by God himself. I mean, Jacob himself says like, yeah, this is, yeah, and I mean, that's what I'm saying. It becomes clear in 31, but you don't have that if you just read 30. Exactly. Okay, I get you. Yeah. yeah. So lots of family drama, 
<laughs> that goes without saying. Like, you could either name the book of Genesis, Genesis or family drama. Like, it starts to finish. Yeah. Yeah, start to finish. Like, it's the beginning of family drama. Basically. And and you know once oh. once Adam once Adam said the woman you gave me that was all downhill from yeah, there that's it Absolutely. well but and you know we I, we jokingly touched on this a little bit earlier but how bad does it have to be this loss of favor um, you know so in other words Rachel and Leah's perspective is not well a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two will be one flesh our identity is primarily in Jacob Rachel and Leah who half a chapter ago are competing to produce the favorite child so they can be the favorite wife. They are in unison on this. Rachel and Leah answered him and said to him, is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners for he has sold us? This is what type of language? Slavery language for he has sold us and he has indeed devoured our money. I think uh, devoured is a strong language here. Um, a strong, it's just from akal, which is the Hebrew verb for eating. Mm-hmm. Why is eating so substantial? <laughs> well, what's the first sin in the Bible? Right. It involves eating. Yep. How, how did Jacob get the birthright for Invol- Esau? It involved eating. With food, mm-hmm. yeah. And so they're lumping all in with Jacob because their dad's been eating their inheritance. Uh, I think that's fast. I mean, other, that's that's just too uh, too connected to be incidental. Um, so all the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do. Uh, how serious does it have to be if these two women who have had only enmity with each other are now 100% in agreement on being with Jacob and separating from their biological father? Mm, that's big. So that's, that's big. And by the way... Um, it's interesting to live in a time which insists that insists that the patriarchs were indeed patriarchal. This is a very non-patriarchal move. Um, uh, wives, well, outside of the fact of polygamy, but essentially, Leah and Rachel. This is what I'm thinking. What do y'all think? Like, this is this is him convening with Leah and Rachel and explaining what's going on, and then they respond and say, "Yay, let's do it." which is just not typically how we think about the patriarchs. Yeah. We think about, no, 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 Abraham's wife, Sarah, she bowed down to the ground and called him Lord. That's what the patriarchs were all about. But Jacob, here he is. He's like, hey, what do y'all think? Of course, this is also a strategy meeting because this is a family of deceivers at this point. And they're like, what's our best move? Yeah, Uh, that's right. Who's got that reverse card? Um, All I've got here are low numbers. I have no no face cards, no draw fours. Um, Mm. This is Team Uno is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to your point. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's also interesting uh, in verse number 13 that I am the God of Bethel. If memory serves me correct, this is the first time God is going to claim a spot. I think I'm right on that. I need to look that up. And unpack that for me, because we haven't seen Bethel since Genesis 28. Mm -hmm. And again, that's important because that's the first place. Again, God comes to him here in 31 in the context of a dream. Jacob's first dream is at Bethel, right? Right. In uh, 10, 10 through 22. Well, it's just we're we're going to um, God placing His name to a spot. I am the God of 
Uh, and of course, I understand what he's doing here. He's saying, "Hey, I'm that God that gave you the vision, um, the the dream. It's Jacob's ladder. Yeah, you know, it's the whole thing. He is he's coming back here." But, yeah. Well, and I, I, well, I thought you were going with that is the nature. You know, in the dream at Bethel, God makes him a promise. Yes. Like, and part part of the promise was all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through your offspring, which. Mm-hmm. To your earlier discussion, Laban got to benefit from until Laban tried to exploit. Also in that is uh, God promising at Bethel, I will be with you, which Mm -hmm. is reiterated here. Also in that promise is I will bring you back to this land, which is reiterated here. It's like God calling up on that promise. I'm doing what I said I'm doing. Now it's time to live that out. Uh, I will not leave you until I've done what I promised you to do. Um, So this... This has to be understood. This and everything in this crazy, messed up saga Mm -hmm. of mandrake roots and weird uh, sheep breeding practices has to be understood through the lens of the Bethel promise uh, and the the reiteration of of God communicating through a dream. Well, see, the thing that made me think about it is that, for instance, in the Exodus story, it's not I am the God of Bethel. It is. I am the God. Abraham. I, yeah, I hear yes. what you're saying. Yeah, and that it is. I am the. I am the God of the patriarchs. I am, and in specifically with Jacob, I'm the God that made these promises to, to you. But in, like, comparing it to the Exodus story, it's, hey, um, uh, the God that started all of this stuff back here with the patriarchs, Moses. I'm the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Presumably, after an extended time of seeming silence from God. Um, and so, for instance, we don't know what Jacob's prayer life was like between the time he joined and hooked up with Laban. Like, is Jacob regularly convening with God? He strikes yeah. to me as still very much a work in progress. That's right. I'm not going to unpack that, but... The text kind of does, you know, so when I hear you, um, this may be a terrible analogy, but when you, you know, the God of Bethel, I, y'all, did y'all ever read or watch the movie depictions of the Jeff Shara novels on the civil war? Gods and generals. Gettysburg and the last full measure. I think Matt's huge into that. Yeah. Okay. I love both Um, of those. By the way, you can only watch Gettysburg because gods and generals is not streamable unless you have to have a DVD. You can set sail on the high seas, Matt. Anything is possible. You can you can find it on the internet. Yeah, we know uh, a guy. We know a guy. We know a guy. There um, we go. But by the way, I, I prefer, rightly or wrongly, I prefer Gettysburg to Gods and Generals in terms of the movie depiction. Um, but when, um, I think it's in the section of Gettysburg that deals with Pickett's Charge, mm-hmm. uh, where the Confederates suffer heavy, heavy losses, and the Unions win, you know, the Union soldiers win Gettysburg. Do you remember what they chanted them? Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg, yeah, because yeah. Fredericksburg was a Confederate victory, right? Yeah, and um, they had the Stonewall, and the, yeah, and the Stonewall, Stonewall Jack, yeah, uh, and and uh, and the Union, the Union soldiers suffered heavy, heavy losses there, right? So at Gettysburg, when the roles are reversed, they're saying y'all can't make sense of what you're experiencing here unless you interpret it in light of what happened there. there. That's what's yeah. going on when he says, I'm the God that. of Bethel. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you've been in Laban's camp outside of the promised land, because again, what's the default assumption about deity powers in the ancient world? They are what? Geographically 
bound. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Um, and God is saying when he's not at Bethel, when he's not in the promised land, when he's smack dabbing, figuring out how he's going to get out of Laban's camp and under what circumstances, I am the God of Bethel. Everything I said, not only then, but everything I said there applies right now and right here. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of how that's kind of how I take it. So. And also, Jacob's back on brand. He's used to running away. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I've I've got it. I've got an exit uh, all worked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, listener, we will always regard you with favor, even if you choose to not subscribe, which I know a lot of you have chosen that. But you do not need to flee from us. You can stay in our camp if only you would like and subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Hit that um, plus sign. The check we will not button. steal your inheritance. That's right. That's not, we will not conspire against you. Um, hit the heart sign, check mark, happy face, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice. Even, yes, the weird third-party platforms that you choose to listen to for some reason, that's okay too. And you will help us spread the podcast farther by telling the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. And we'll be back every Tuesday morning discussing another 30 minutes of the great biblical narrative. Until then, I say, have a great week. See you next time. Shalom. Clap sync in three, two, one. Meaty. (laughs) Please put that at the end.